Hi, I'm Bob Eckblad. Welcome to my podcast, Disciple. Word, Spirit, Justice, Witness. Today I want to talk about receiving. Receiving the Word of God, receiving answers to prayer, receiving our healing, receiving um, anything from God. We see often in our ministry that there's a number of barriers to receiving. One is unworthiness. Another is difficulty trusting. Another is unbelief that is often um, that often happens as a result of praying and then being disappointed, not seeing answers to prayer. But there's other reasons for that as well. Anyway, um, let's just begin looking at unworthiness. Um, many people in our jail system who I've visited have uh, told me that they can't pray for themselves. They don't pray for themselves. And uh, it's often because they feel like uh, in times of crisis, they've often cried out to God and they've made lots of promises. But then when they've uh, gotten resolution, they've, they haven't fulfilled their promises. They, they've gone back to drugs and alcohol, back to a criminal lifestyle, and now they're in trouble again. And there's no way they're going to come to God. And uh, they'll pray for family members, friends, uh, situations, but not for themselves. And uh, they say that, you know, first they need to do their time in prison, get out, comply with everything that they promised God that they would do, you know, attending a church, stopping alcohol and drugs, um, you know, all the different lifestyle issues that they assume would be they need to leave behind in order to be a righteous person. They've got to do all that, and then they can pray. And so it's um, that's a huge block for many, many people. Just a sense that um, you know they don't want to, um, they don't feel worthy. And others who are in an active uh, lifestyle that involves transgressing what they feel is their um, is the right thing to do. You know, like breaking the breaking the law or just any kind of personal morality issues. There's there's a lot of people that won't uh, pray because they feel unworthy because of what they're actively involved in now. And I think a lot of that idea comes from the notion that sin separates us from God. You know, many people have heard that message and believed it, and they assume that, you know, that they can't expect anything from God until they stop a particular behavior. So anyway, unworthiness, that's one category. And, you know, this... This needs to be directly addressed by a liberating message of the gospel, the gospel of grace. But before we talk about that, I want to look at the second major reason, which is difficulty trusting. You know, so many people have um, have a hard time putting themselves in a vulnerable place. They find it hard to rely on people as they've been disappointed. Uh, they've been let down by parents, by people in authority, people they should have been able to trust. And, um, and so being able to trust anyone, um, God included, uh, even more difficult perhaps to trust God and Jesus because they're invisible. Um, it's the tendency is just do it myself. I gotta, I gotta just take care of myself because no one's going to take care of me. And, um, a lot of people also have never experienced receiving anything. Um, they just haven't been the beneficiaries of, of any kind of generosity or gifts. I mean, I know people that have never received Christmas gifts, birthday gifts, you know, people who grew up in cultures of poverty. That's common. And um, 
also there's people that have never received anything without strings being attached. And, um, and that's a big issue. So better to not receive at all because you don't want to be under some kind of pressure to pay back. You don't want to be indebted to anybody. So those are, those are two major categories, unworthiness and difficulty trusting. Um, I think unbelief comes in when people reach out, launch out, trust, and then they're disappointed because their prayers aren't answered. And so they uh, maybe they harden themselves and refuse to, to do that again because it was too painful. So let's look a little bit at um, just the, or the way that we can begin to receive. I really think when, when it comes to receiving the very first category of receiving, like I'm just looking at the words um, in Greek um, for receive, like lambano is one of the major terms that's used. And, and we see that uh, we can break down the way that scripture is used into lots of different categories. And I want to begin by looking at receiving Jesus. You know, in John chapter 1, verse 12, uh, we have this really beautiful scripture that comes right after um, this prologue in John's gospel that describes Jesus being the, the logos, you know, the word that is the, that is the light of the world, that is life, that comes into the world um, to illuminate, to enlighten all people. Um, but when it comes into the world, the world doesn't recognize this light, this life, this word. And when this word comes to his own people, they don't receive him. But then um, John states in verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the authority. That's often translated the privilege or the right, but it's the word exousia, the authority to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So there we have receiving and believing that are tied together. And, and then that leads to um, this statement, who are born, you know, not of the blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of, you know, human beings, but who are born of God. And, um, and so the authority really uh, as a child of God comes, you know, as we receive and as we step into this place of belief in Jesus, who is um, a light and a life uh, and life, a uh, power of, of life that can easily be missed according to John's gospel. And John 1.16 talks about, um, he says, for of his fullness, we have all received and grace upon grace. And he's speaking here to, you know, to people in a faith community who, who have actually stepped into that place of receiving. I love how, um, how Jesus talks about giving himself in, uh, in the body and the blood that he offers on the night that he was betrayed at the Passover, when he's celebrating Passover with his disciples in Matthew 26, 26. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took some bread and after blessing, after blessing, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, take. Now that word take is actually the same word, lambano, uh, which can be translated receive. So he, 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 gives this body, his body and his blood and says, uh, receive, eat, this is my body. And, um, and then when he'd taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. And, and so they were invited to receive uh, something very concrete, which was his body and his blood in the sacraments. 
in John chapter 6, verse 21, the disciples, uh, there's a storm and Jesus comes walking on the water and they were terrified. Jesus identifies himself um, as, as, you know, um, he says, I am, I am he, you know, I am, um, he, he identifies himself using a term associated with the divine name, like he's identifies himself as God and they were willing to receive him into the boat and immediately the boat was at the land at which they were going. So that's, that's another concrete story about receiving actually the person of Jesus and there's many others. And, um, but let's look at a second category, which is receiving the word. You know, the, the proclamation of the word is a major way that faith gets stirred up and receiving that word is, is critical. To be up to being able to actually grow in faith and to be able to, you know, um, move into receiving the kingdom of God and receiving uh, the gifts of the Spirit and so many, um, you know, so much grace and and peace and joy and uh, so many things that God has for all of us. And um, Jesus says in John seventeen eight, for the words which you gave me, that is the Father gave Jesus, I've given to them. And they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you. And they believed that you sent me. So this is Jesus' high priestly prayer. And he's affirming that really this is of, this is essential and uh, it's core to being a disciple. John 3.32, uh, Jesus says, What he has seen and heard, of that he testifies. Um, that's Jesus himself. He's speaking about himself. And no one receives his testimony. So that's that's the problem when no one receives the testimony, right? Um, but then it says in verse 33, the one who has received his testimony has set his seal to this, that God is true. I love that. So receiving is actually coming into this agreement with God. Um, God's word as being true. John 12, 48 the one who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. I recently sent out an update about weapons manufacturers and how you know the U.S. economy is benefiting from the Ukraine war and the war in Gaza. And uh, I was, you know, really writing clearly about you know Jesus his way of peace and of loving of enemy and refusal to use violence. And um, I received some, some negative feedback from a few people. And one just said, look, um, you know, if it weren't for, you know, um, the, you know, the allies that, you know, Brit us and, and England and France and, you know, the, the forces that were fighting against Nazism said, we'd all be Nazis. And, and, you know, if, if there hadn't been a defense of Ukraine, Ukraine would be part of the Russian Federation and then Russia would move on to take another country. And um, what you say about Jesus is just, uh, it's idealistic. And, you know, and and basically she just refused, um, refused it completely because it just didn't seem practical and realistic. And I think this is one of the great dangers that we have today is, is just refusing um, the, the gospel and in its radical um, 
you know, form of, of how Jesus articulates who he is as the savior, as the liberator, as the Messiah, you know, um, receiving Jesus's sayings about enemy love, you know, about um, the cross as a way that he combated evil and as, um, you know, in the way that Jesus sends all of us out as sheep amongst, amidst wolves and, you know, to follow in his same practices, refusing the sword, all of that, it's um, rejecting that, it's re rejecting Jesus' saying. Uh, Jesus is saying um, there's one who judges that person and the word that Jesus speaks, that is what will judge all of us on the last day. I don't really like to bring judgment into this, into this uh, podcast, but there I did it. Um, but anyway, let's look at a couple more scriptures using, an, looking at another term, dexomai, which is another word uh, that is used to receive. And uh, dexomai means to readily receive information and to regard it as true, to receive readily, to accept, to believe. And there's lots of uh, times where this, this term is used for the word of God. So um, Acts chapter 8, 14. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John. So receiving the word of God was essential for, um, you know, for sort of moving forward to becoming a disciple. Acts 11, 1. Now the apostles and the brothers and sisters who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So it's interesting. Receiving Jesus, receiving the word of God are often almost like synonyms. Acts 17.11, Now, these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. So, you know, um, being a disciple really does involve um, stepping into an eager examination of the scriptures as and choosing to, you know, to receive them really as true and as part of how we grow in our faith. 1 Corinthians 2.14 um, gives us a warning. Quote, but a natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to that person, and they cannot understand them because they're spiritually appraised. So a warning that, you know, that we can reject things just because we are, um, you know, we're not tuned into something that really needs to be spiritually interpreted, I guess, received through the illumination of the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.6, You also became imitators of us and the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians 2.13, For this reason we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. So the message, the liberating message, um, receiving that actually brings about a work in us when we choose to believe it. James 1.21, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. So receiving Jesus, receiving the word, um, receiving the spirit is a third category. This is um, so powerful um, for me to just really um, contemplate this. I feel like 
you know, we need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit over and over daily. John 7, 39, um, Jesus says, But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. John 14, 17, That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him, but you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. And then Jesus, at the end of John's Gospel, in chapter 20, verse 22, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. You know, it's interesting, um, receiving, to receive the Holy Spirit, to receive the Word, to receive Jesus, really, I think, requires humility. In In last week's podcast, I talked about humility. And humility comes when we are really um, at a place where we, we know that we can't do it, that we need help, that we, um, with our own abilities, our own resources, our own knowledge, um, you know, it's not working. And often, um, you know, it takes a lot of suffering to get to that point. And, um, and so the sooner we can get into that posture where we really know we need help, and we're willing to just take what God has to give us um, and freely receive it. Um, I mean, that we're going to see breakthrough, I think, spiritual breakthrough in our lives and in our ministry as well. Acts 1, 8, 8, Jesus says, but you will receive power. Okay, so power is associated with the Holy Spirit. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So receiving the Holy Spirit is a gateway to uh, receiving all these gifts of the Spirit. Um, including the empowerment. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And then Acts 2.33, Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, this is Jesus, um, he, Jesus, has poured forth this which you both see and hear. And this is Peter who's interpreting Pentecost to the, you know, to the crowd, uh, 3,000 of whom became believers after hearing his preaching. Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I remember being in Mozambique. I was uh, doing some training through Heidi Baker's ministry, Heidi and Roland Baker's ministry, Iris Global. And um, it was the day that I had to actually fly out with my daughter, Anna, and, um, you know, to head home. And Heidi said, hey, Bob, can you help me this morning? We're going to pray for all these Mozambican pastors. I, I've, been t- I've been teaching the pastors. We're going to pray for them to, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, wow, what an opportunity to see how it you know, a truly Pentecostal ministry actually does this. And so anyway, I went and she asked me to help her. And she began by talking about the importance of repentance, and which it, I've learned now is core to sort of the Pentecostal understanding of how you step into that baptism of the Holy Spirit. So she invited everybody to, um, you know, to really openly confess anything that the Spirit was convicting people of and you know, we prayed that God would show us if there's anything we needed to turn away from and confess and then receiving our, receive our forgiveness. 
that was first before actually praying for the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is is inviting, you know, confessing and then receiving forgiveness. And then, then we all prayed. We prayed, she and I, we prayed for the each individual. We laid hands on people. And it was beautiful um, the way people were able to receive and people were having visions. And these are super humble, like uh, like Mozambican villagers who were there to be trained as pastors. And that humility, I think, made made all the difference in the world. Acts chapter 8, 15, the, the apostles, um, after, Pete, after Philip had gone to Samaria and seen this um, like little revival that kind of broke out when he began praying for people and casting out evil spirits and lots of paralyzed people were being healed. Then uh, the apostles came and they prayed for those uh, new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 17 of Acts 8, then they began laying their hands on them and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. And um, recently I was, I was in uh, Yerevan, you know, in Armenia and training um, a bunch of Iranian people that had come across the border and then others that were refugees there. And many of the people really wanted to receive the Holy Spirit. And they were coming up to me and asking um, to, to receive, to, to be, to receive prayer. Like these were pretty new Christians. And like we baptized 16 of, of the people there while they were there. And uh, anyway, it was quite beautiful to see how eager and humble they were. And they were they were receiving, they were able to receive. And um, some of them had had struggled to receive, had struggled to step into that. And and it was this teaching about the importance of just learning how to humbly open ourselves, open themselves in, and just receive it as a gift, receive the spirit as a gift and without striving, without, um, you know, trying and, and just understanding that God, it was God's love that we were just saying yes to. Um, and as, as I was praying for people, I, I, I witnessed many people receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit. And some of them were receiving the gift of tongues. It was, it was really so precious. 1 Corinthians 2.12 Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. So the Spirit that is from God gives us that discernment of knowing what's truly given to us. Given. And so in order to receive what is given, you know, we need to be in that posture of just saying yes to something that is unmerited uh, gift. Galatians 3.2. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? So hearing with faith. Interesting. Um, this ties us back to, you know, like, like the message, the word of God needing to um, needed to be uh, proclaimed and then also received by faith. It's like that's that's how we receive the Holy Spirit and how we receive Jesus is through um, through hearing the liberating message in a way where faith is stirred up and and often testimony helps establish or create that faith. Let's look at Galatians 3.14. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Acts 19.2. 
And Paul said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, No, we've not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So um, so we can believe in Jesus and in the Father and in the liberating message, and yet um, not know that we have the possibility of actually receiving the Holy Spirit as uh, as God, you know, as God, a manifestation of God as well, as the person of God. And uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 5, Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may receive edifying. Okay, so receiving edification, receiving like, like being built up happens, you know, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, finally, in this category of receiving the Spirit, I love 1 John 2.27, where it reads, As for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you abide in him. So the anointing which you receive from him abides in you. So we can receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit from you know, from Jesus through prayer. All right. Another category then would be receiving the forgiveness of sins, uh, the reconciliation, grace, the gift of righteousness, wisdom, spirit of adoption. There's lots of other aspects, you know, just really critical parts of uh, our spiritual inheritance that we can receive as well. And it, and it, it's, and it's about a posture of open, attentive, humble, you know, receiving and believing. So Acts 10, 43, of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. So wow, forgiveness of sins, that's a big uh, benefit that we, we can receive directly on a regular basis uh, by grace. Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. So forgiveness of sins and inheritance, um, we stand to be able to benefit from those things through receiving. Acts 5, or no, Romans 5, 8, 5, 11. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Huh. Receiving the reconciliation. That's, you know, the reconciliation that we have with God. But we have to receive that by faith. Verse 17 of the same chapter 5. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive. And now let's look at what we're going to receive. Those who receive the abundance of grace and um, of the gift of the righteousness. So we we can we can receive um posture ourselves to receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And uh, that will allow us to reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. James 1, 5 to 7 talks about that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to that one. And um, But we must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. 
for that person ought not to expect that they will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded person, unstable in all of their ways, right? So receiving um, wisdom, you know, by faith, like, um, like, I mean, so many of us, we need wisdom. I need wisdom on a daily basis, and I cry out for it all the time, but um, I can... I can be, uh, I can lack deliberation. It, it, this requires like, like really asking and then expecting and, um, and not just asking and forgetting. Not that God will withhold that wisdom if we forget. Often the wisdom comes, but to be more consciously engaged is I think really good. Here we have another thing to receive, the crown of life. Blessed is the person who perseveres under trial. For once that person has been approved, they will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. That sounds pretty good. I don't know what that is exactly, but I think I'll take it. Um, Romans eight fifteen is our last one in this category. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you've received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So, wow, spirit of adoption, that's, that's critical. That's how we step into that place where we have authority as sons and daughters of the Father. All right, so another category then is receiving what we ask for, including healing. Matthew 7, 8, Jesus says, For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, it will be opened. I've talked elsewhere about how there's three three different steps here, almost like asking, seeking, and knocking. But um, I want to focus here just mainly on on asking and receiving. Okay. Matthew ten eight. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. So we need to receive um, healing, um, cleansing liberation from the demonic and the more that we're able to receive for ourselves um i mean you know we can't really give what we haven't received so we need to be in that place where we're receiving for ourselves and not just be uh, thinking about helping every everyone else you know that's another uh, block for a lot of people a lot of people that have been raised as with a lot of responsibility at a young age you know like parentified children have a real hard time receiving because they're so used to being in the place of being in charge and giving, helping, um, rescuing, you know, and, and, and so often people that are oriented that way, you know, there's more of a struggle, like both Gracie and I are, are wired that way in a lot of ways. And it's taken us, um, we have to be really deliberately receiving for ourselves in order to be able to, you know, be fruitful in what we do. Matthew 21, 22, and all things that you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. I mean, this, this sounds so, um, you know, just so, Jesus is so confident here. And I wish I was consistently a lot more confident. Luke eleven twenty ten. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open. John sixteen twenty four, there's another way that Jesus speaks it 
I love reading each of these different texts because they all have a unique feature, even though there's some repetition here. Jesus says, until now, you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be made full. You know, at Tierra Nueva, we do a lot of talking on this topic uh, of just trying to stir up people's faith and invite people to not just lean on their own wiles and their own skills and, and you know, doing things for themselves, um, but to, to really learn to humbly lay things down before God and trust. First John 3, 22, And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do the things which are pleasing in his sight. So that that's another, brings in another dimension of just us being not just consumers, but we're actually in a relationship where we're attentive to what God is asking us to do. Um, I'm going to come back to that in a minute with a really beautiful testimony from a guy in our ministry who was healed last week or last month of a shoulder injury. But let's look at the first miracle story after Pentecost, the, the healing of the man paralyzed from birth at the beautiful gate. It says that um, this man who was laid down by the gate by his friends or family, whatever, to beg, when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. So see, he's in a posture of receiving, of asking and attentiveness. And it's it's humble. It's, it's probably humiliating, right? And then, um, you know, Peter and says to him, you know, uh, look at me. And then uh, he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something. And I like that it doesn't say he expected to receive alms, but more like, okay, maybe that, that personal engagement with Peter of just Peter treating him like a human being and inviting a relationship stirred him up to his expectations. So now he's expecting to receive something. And Peter says, you know, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, rise up and walk. And then he reaches down and seizes him by the right hand. And and the man's ankles are strengthened and walking, leaping, praising God, he enters into the temple. So um, I recently had a, a testimony just this last Sunday, a guy named Mike, who's a 61-year-old uh, guy. He's, he's a big, strong man who's... Um, done a lot of things he you know he rode bulls in his 40s and that's when he first pulled out his dislocated his left shoulder and but more recently he's been a truck driver and he actually teaches people how to drive uh, you know big trucks and he had been you know suffering a lot last couple of years with pain in his right shoulder and that was especially difficult for him in his profession because he needed to shift the gears of his trucks, of his big trucks, um, and that was becoming more and more painful. And he talked to me about how he's been hearing from God lately and um, and just getting, uh, having a real sense that God's telling him to do this or that. And he said he was laying there just thinking, what am I going to do about my shoulder? Because um, he lost a job and, and so he'd lost his insurance and he, he was kind of in between. He had a new job, but he hadn't um, done enough of uh, weeks of work there to, to be able to have his insurance kick in so he couldn't go to the doctor and have it be covered. And so he was just sitting there and 
laying there in bed and and then he felt like God said, um, well, just pray. Why don't you pray for um, that, that to be healed? And so he, he just said, God, um, he said, I humbly just came before God and just said, would you heal me my shoulder? And, you know, he prayed and he said he slept like a baby that night. And when he woke up, all the pain was gone from his right shoulder. And, uh, and it's been almost a month that he's been pain-free. And uh, wow, what a beautiful testimony of just uh, him being able to receive his healing just as a gift like that. There's other things that um, that are described in Scripture about, you know, like things that we can receive, like Hebrews 11, 8 says, By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place that he was to receive for an inheritance. So receiving a place that he's going to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. And then um, Sarah herself received the ability to conceive it says in Hebrews 11, 11, even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. So she considered God faithful and uh, and then was able to receive the ability to conceive. That's that's really interesting. So faith is um, important, you know, belief, you know, um, and I just want to talk briefly about belief. There's a big danger in talking about how, you know, look, um, you have to believe. You know, because then it makes it a work. It makes it makes faith a work. Like it's if you're not healed, that is, if you haven't received, you know, um, the financial need, you know, your need, financial needs weren't met or whatever. Blame is often cast on people. Like you don't, you don't believe you don't have enough faith. And I don't I don't want to even go in that direction. But belief is also important. But how does belief get stirred up? I mean, and I believe it does get awakened in us through. Um, through really hearing the gospel and through also hearing testimony. Um, but, and Jesus himself, he invites us to believe, like in um, when the centurion comes to asking for his servant to be healed um, in Matthew 8, 13, Jesus says to the centurion, go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. Matthew 21, 22, Jesus says, And all things that you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Um, Mark 1, 15, and first thing Jesus says, that time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So like choosing to believe in the gospel sometimes um, feels like a very fragile and weak and vulnerable thing. Um, and it feels um, like a foolish thing even. But I believe that faith um, comes through hearing, and it's a mystery of how we get to that place where our faith is is built up. Um, Mark five thirty six. So Jesus um, tells a synagogue official who's just been told, you know, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter um, has died. Jesus says, don't be afraid any longer. Only believe. And. Um, when Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration and finds um, an argument going on, and there's a man who's brought his his son, who's been who's severely demonized, to the disciples, and they weren't able to cast it out, and so Jesus says, "Bring him to me." And then the father says, um, "You know, if you can heal uh, my son, you know, whatever, free him." 
And then Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to the one who believes. So in other words, if, if you can, Jesus uh, is saying, it's not just me. It's like all things are possible to you, um, to me, to all of us who believe. And immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. So we can we can cry out to God regarding our unbelief, uh, confessing whatever belief we have, because even praying uh, like that shows belief, doesn't it? Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believing that you've received them, um, and they will be granted to you. So, um, you know, what is this? Is this is this like the power of positive thinking? I mean, I I don't think it is, but there is something um, to that in a way, like when we choose to uh, to trust and um, when there's no even evidence to, that would cause us to trust, that kind of childlike trust, I think, does please God. At the end of Mark's gospel, Jesus says, the one who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but the one who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So uh, we ourselves can step into the ministry of Jesus through active um, trust in his word and choosing to believe. Um, and we, know, we need to know that there's spiritual warfare around this, like in the parable of the sower in Luke 8, 12, Jesus uh, interprets, uh, he says, those beside the road are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. So I just want to talk about two more things before we just wrap this up with a prayer. We need to really be willing to leave our earthly securities to receive from God. In Matthew 19, 29, Jesus says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or farms for my name's sake will receive many times as much and will inherit eternal life. Mark's gospel adds a hundred times as much um, in the present age, okay, before we die. So receiving a hundred times as much as what we've left, wow but then adds also with persecutions and then says, and in the age to, to come eternal life, it's Mark 10 30. So we cannot give if we do not receive. John um, answers and says uh, regarding criticism of Jesus in John three twenty seven, a man cannot receive anything unless it has been given him from heaven. So, um, in other words, Jesus, and Jesus himself states that he, he only does what he sees the Father doing. He, he only, uh, you know, says what the Father tells him. Um, I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 7. For who regards you as superior? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Um. And then finally, John 5, 43, Jesus says, I've come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. 
If another comes in his own name, you receive, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God? Well, I know how we do that. You know, we, um, we can see directly when uh, glory comes to us from people. Okay, whereas the glory that we get from God is something that, um, you know, that maybe is like spiritually appraised or, or, or discerned. Um, Jesus says that when people receive us, they receive him and the Father. And so, um, you know, we're deputized and invited into the same place where we can be received or rejected in the same way that we receive or reject. You know, so um, Matthew 10, 41, the one who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person in the name of a righteous person shall receive a righteous person's reward. Um, and and Jesus states, the one who receives um, you receives me and the one who sent me. Uh, we see that in Matthew 10, but also in John 3, 13, 20. Um, finally, we can see the term dexamai used here too. Matthew 10, 40, the one who receives you receives me, and the one who receives me receives the one who sent me. In Matthew 18, 5, and whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And then finally, Luke 18, 17, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. So I'd like to just close with a prayer that we would be able to receive the kingdom of God and um, everything that God has for us, you know, the, the word of God, you know, Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit, uh, spirit of adoption, forgiveness of sins, um, power when we receive the Holy Spirit, healing for ourselves, um, joy, peace, anything that we need. Let's, let's try to enter into a place of just humble openness. So God, our Father, we thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you want to give good gifts to your children. Help us to be able to come like children with all that we um, that we need, all of our, um, we have so many of us, we just have all kinds of areas where we need to see change in our lives, in our families, in um, our community, in the world. And we ask that you'd give us that humble, humble posture, childlike posture so that we can receive the kingdom of God and we can be like a child and and enter into um, the joy of, of being witnesses of your saving work in the world and your healing power um, in our world around us and in ourselves. Help us to be able to receive for ourselves and then to be able to stay in a place where we learn how to keep receiving. We just ask, Holy Spirit, you'd pour out your presence and your anointing into each one of us right now, in the name of Jesus, amen.